This is the Building Management Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you education, information, and inspiration, only on MarketScale. As people become more comfortable in the home building automation space, they want to be able to take this commercial as well. Regardless of the ups and downs in the stock market, if these manufacturers, these plants, and these entities want to stay open, they need water. Hello and welcome to the Building Management Podcast. I'm your host, James Kent. And today, the topic of conversation is dehumidification. No one enjoys a humid day, but no one likes humidity less than a builder. High humidity levels can increase the dry times for drywall, paint, plaster, fireproofing compounds, adhesives, masonry, cement, and other key building materials. Add it all together and you're looking at cost and time extensions to your building project. Joining me today on the podcast is Ryan Cregan. Ryan's a business development specialist at Polygon US. Ryan, welcome to the podcast. Hey, James. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Great. Now, Ryan, you reside in the San Diego area, correct? That's correct. I've read about San Diego experiencing rising humidity levels, and this has got to be a builder's nightmare, right? So tell me, what are you seeing out there? Well, traditionally, San Diego and the Southern California market has always had the longstanding perception that it's a dry climate, mostly because when you walk outside, unlike uh, Florida or Chicago summers, you don't have an immediate blast of humidity. You don't start to sweat Um, the dew points relatively low compared to other areas throughout the U.S. However, uh, San Diego, if you look at um, historical weather data and key indicators like relative humidity and grains, if you could actually see moisture in the air, uh, it's one of the wetter climates. Um, And that lends itself to challenges that you mentioned earlier uh, that builders are facing. And as humidity increases, as the uh, ocean warms, Um, those challenges are increasing, causing, you know, things like construction delays. Now, uh, so what building steps are most effective time-wise by increased humidity? Or a different way to put it, which crew is going to hold up the rest of the project when they can't continue because of slow drying? That's a great question. So most often than not, one of the key components in a building process, drywall. And if drywall is delayed, Uh, taping mud, for instance, isn't dried the next day that the crew comes in, it's going to hold everything up. You can imagine the the amount of humidity that's generated by all that mud along with the crew itself, uh, freshly poured concrete and things of that nature that are adding humidity, complicated by the fact that uh, the increased humidity outside is making its way inside the building, causing those delays. But long story short, the crews that that face the most challenge are the uh, flooring guys as well as the uh, drywallers. Interesting. So what method can builders turn to, right, to effectively increase these dry times? Well, typically in the past, uh, builders have looked at the old school method, which is heat. Now, heat has always been used in uh, the construction industry, not so much out here in Southern California, but in other cooler climates, um, like where I'm from, Chicago, uh, where the winters are pretty extreme. But uh, people have always turned to construction heating as a resource to help raise the temperature within the building, which essentially lowers the relative humidity. As the air heats up, it's able to hold more moisture, lowering the relative humidity. However, heat's not an efficient uh, approach when it comes to accelerating dry times in drywall 
or removing moisture in concrete. The most efficient way to do so would be desiccant dehumidification. Different from heat in the sense that it actively removes moisture in the space. So desiccant dehumidification works by basically taking the moisture that's in a space, collecting it in the desiccant wheel, and then in most cases either exhausting it from the space or if the unit, the desiccant dehumidifier sits outside, um, that, that wet air will be exhausted into the atmosphere, delivering a very, very dry air stream into the building, and in most cases with a little bit of heat, which uh, helps the dry times. For a typical building project, how many uh, desiccant dehumidificators do they need? So it really depends on the square footage. Things like square footage, what's being introduced into the building. For instance, if it doesn't have a full exterior skin, we have to account for the moisture that's uh, permeating into the space. Uh, people actually emit moisture as well. So if you have a bunch of people walking around in the space doing uh, normal construction activities, you have to account for them. If there's freshly poured concrete or uh, they're laying down gypcrete or they're you know, mudding and taping extensively, we want to account for that. So really it just depends on the, uh, the size of the space, volume, and what other activities are happening uh, throughout the building. But the nice thing is, is we're able to come uh, evaluate a site and then engineer a specific solution, provide a budget, and then uh, deliver that solution specifically to that, to that project. Now, are there different types of desiccant dehumidifiers needed for the different types of building areas? You know, if you're doing drywall versus the concrete, or is it the same type of dehumidifiers? It's all the same approach, but when it comes to drying concrete versus using desiccant dehumidification to, say, accelerate drywall or manage uh, millwork specifications, it's a little bit different approach. Moisture moves from areas of um, high vapor pressure to low vapor pressure. So when it comes to uh, things like concrete versus drywall and say millwork, we need to create a, a larger gap between the two. So the equipment is the essentially the same, but um, we're going to make certain adjustments within the equipment and air movement to you know dry uh, concrete versus we would for, for uh, millwork and drywall. Now, why would you say that uh, desiccant dehumidification is more efficient than using regular heaters or fans or uh, outside air? Desiccant dehumidification is more efficient than, than say, outside air because uh, outside air is too un, unpredictable. Uh, Southern California in general, San Diego, and other uh, areas of, the, of uh, Southern California are basically microclimates. So the, the closer you get to the water, uh, the more moisture tends to be, um, you know, stagnant in the air. So if you introduce outside air, you're just basically at the whims of nature. So if it's a day of, of high humidity, for instance, most often than not, in the mornings, there's a marine layer that rolls on in, uh, which generates high, high humidity um, and condensation more often than not. So if you're using fans or you know, high volume blowers to introduce outside air, you're basically taking what Mother Nature is giving you, which is high humidity, and uh, blasting it into the building. The reason that desiccant dehumidification is better than, than heaters is the sense that two, twofold. When you um, use a construction heater, more often than not, you're going to use propane uh, as a heat source or and sometimes natural gas as a heat source. Other than electric, 
those two sources generate moisture uh, through combustion. So if you're using a tube heater, for instance, to help dry or increase the, the temperature within your building, uh, those sources of heat are generating humidity that's then pushed uh, back into the building. So you may have a, have a higher temperature and a uh, lower relative humidity, but the actual moisture that's being created by these heaters is, uh, is a detriment to the drying process. Yeah, it's like you have to work twice as hard because it's, it's drying and then it's adding it back into the equation. Yeah, so if the concrete was uh, drier than the air that's being produced by the heaters, um, that moisture is going to seek that dryness in that concrete and go back into the concrete. So you could actually increase your moisture levels within your concrete. You could, uh, in some cases, yellow any sort of coating that's been applied uh, through the combustion process, um, and you could slow your drying process altogether. The reason that desiccant dehumidification is, is so efficient is you've got that impregnated wheel. It's a titanium wheel that's impregnated with, with desiccant, the same stuff that you get in new shoes and it's actually removing the moisture from the space versus, in some cases, adding moisture back into the space. Now, what kind of cost considerations is a builder looking at to bring desiccant to humidification into the equation? Well, we always recommend engaging someone like our, ourselves early on in the building process. Uh, here in Southern California, most builders um, will put an allowance in their uh, specific uh, budget, so that way if they have to utilize uh, a temporary climate control system to manage dry times or remove moisture in concrete or manage a millwork specification, they're able to do so. Um, there certainly is an additional cost, but based on the savings that are, are generated from the temporary climate control equipment versus, you know, something like a liquidated damage or, uh, you know, a, a hampered relationship with a customer because they haven't delivered the product in time, uh, students can't get into their dorm in time because the building's not ready. You know, a high-end hotel can't occupy its rooms in time because the building's not ready. The costs certainly do not outweigh the, uh, the benefit. Now, do you have any examples of solution that you've been able to provide for a customer? We just uh, completed a project not too long ago uh, in downtown San Diego. Uh, it was a um, higher-end hotel project where the customer was experienced lagging drywall mud dry time. So it was causing you know delays throughout the schedule because they would show up on site and the drywall wouldn't be ready to, to continue with. So they couldn't, basically were holding up all other trades trying to work around the, the lagging dry times. We initiated and uh, we basically walked the, walked the job site, came up with an approach that met the, the available power on site and um, delivered some desiccant dehumidification that helped to take their three-day dry times and, and turn it into uh, an overnight dry time. Yeah, and then, you know, when it comes to building costs, talking, you know, two days, that's a lot. And that can be a lot of money in cost overruns. Sure, absolutely. And when it comes to something like um, millwork, which is a, another, you know, staple in the process, uh, we had a, another project further north in, uh, in San Diego County where they were uh, lagging in their, their building process because the permanent uh, HVAC system was delayed. And they had a, a heavy millwork package. It was a performing arts center. Uh, as you can imagine, you know, millions of dollars worth of, of high-end uh, millwork that was you know, created specifically for that particular project. And each piece had an integral section that fit within another piece. So it was like a giant puzzle 
and they couldn't install this high-end millwork because a the uh, the millwork provider was hitting them with a, a letter saying hey you're not meeting our uh, specifications to install so if there's any you know warranty issues it's on you and b uh, humidity fluctuated from uh, you know daytime decent levels of, of humidity because uh, as you know temperature increase uh, the humidity leveled off but then the nighttime lows uh, when everybody was gone was was killing them and causing potential you know high fluctuations in, in humidity from day to night and uh, they couldn't you know successfully install that material so they were being uh, delayed both by the permanent system and by not being able to install so we same thing we you know walked the job designed a uh, solution to manage that millwork specification and they were able to um, you know continue on uh, with the installation and finish the other trades surrounding the millwork. Well, that's the thing with these building projects. It's a carefully orchestrated ballet. And if one part isn't ready, other parts can't go on. Correct. So as we wrap up, is there anything else about desiccant dehumidifiers that we haven't covered that you think a listener should know? Desiccant dehumidification is essentially a clean airstream that we're uh, delivering into the buildings. In other words, if you're building, you know, higher education or uh, certainly healthcare, and you're worried about uh, delivering a healthy building to your customer, uh, desiccant dehumidification is the is the way to go. Things like air filtration are becoming more and more uh, scrutinized, so we're able to add uh, HEPA filtration uh, to remove particulate matter if needed. Uh, there's things like remote monitoring systems. We have a we have a product called Exactor Remote Monitoring that can install uh, wireless probes that communicate to a cloud that will you know register and monitor temperature, relative humidity, things like carbon monoxide, particulate dust, and other other things to uh, enable the builder to be smarter about you know the health of their buildings. It's it's an overall service that's increasing in the Southern California area due to increased uh, humidity and it's something that someone should certainly evaluate to help things like reduce those schedule delays and uh, deliver an overall healthier building. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, I want to thank my guest today, Ryan Cregan from Polygon. Ryan, it was a pleasure having you on the podcast. Thank you so much, James. Stay dry out there. Thank you. (laughs) And thank you for checking out this podcast. For more podcasts like this one, go to marketscale.com and visit our building management-specific vertical and subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes or Spotify. I've been your host, James Kent. Thanks for listening.